Hey, Wonderfuls, welcome to this special John Hodgman re-release from our Max Fun Drive recording of 2022. Wanted to get this out there because I have started recording my new project with John Hodgman, and I am so excited about it. I just thought this would be a fun way to celebrate the upcoming project that, if you recall, our own Max Fun members made it possible during Max Fun Drive. So celebrate yourselves, why don't you, and celebrate the wonderful human being who is John Hodgman. John Hodgman, I'm rolling. <laughs> this is Janet Varney, also rolling in GarageBand. It's just our voices. It's just our, just our voices. We are about to get a very lucrative other... contract to <laughs> <laughs> advertise GarageBand for exclusively if, podcast if Janet chooses, That's right. If Janet chooses to include this in the edit, <gasps> I wanted to roll as quickly as possible because in my, in our shared decade of podcasting experience... Yeah. The best stuff happens before you start recording. And the best stuff happens in GarageBand. Am I right, Hodgman? That's right, Janet. Look, <laughs> just because it comes with your computer doesn't mean it's not good. It's great, especially if you're just recording voices, which is what most podcasts are, after all. They have plug. They have plugs for guitars and harps and harmonicas. I don't use them. That's not me. Just my voice. It's just not me. It's just not me. It's just not uh, me. Listen, a new podcast. To each their own. To another it's new just podcast. Not me. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. New Maximum Fun podcasts, left and right and center. Well, I'm trying to say, Janet, and you know this as well. How many, how many, how many episodes of of the JV Club have you done? Have you recorded? I mean, roughly? It's, it's getting into Ballpark. like 420, something like that. Well, 420. Is this episode 420? I know what that means. I, d- I doubt it, and I don't think that it means what either one of us are thinking it means. I, uh, I certainly didn't to know. Us. I certainly to didn't us. know what that to meant us. in high school. I didn't. But now either. that I'm a middle aged man, I know. What I'm saying is d- we've done yeah. we've done a little more than 500 episodes of Judge John Hodgman and it's not a brag because they're all garbage because the best stuff uh-huh. happened oh, yeah. before we started rolling. That's right. Everything That's you've right. gotten for 10 plus years on Judge John Hodgman a maximum fun podcast. Yeah. has has literally been recorded after we started rolling and therefore <laughs> is no good. It's all second best. The stuff that we were recording beforehand Usually, I don't know about you, but usually Jesse Thorne uh, and I and Jennifer Marmer do about a solid 90 minutes just of of riffing and judging before we start rolling. It's the warm up. And you would think after 10 years, we would have figured out, just start rolling right away. (laughs) Hi, Janet. That's not Jesse's way. Jesse Jesse wants to warm up into it. He comes from public radio. Right. I assume that they have all the time in the world right. to sit and make small talk right. and have meaningful relationships with people right. before the world gets to hear them. Right. Uh, whereas you and I have no soul and realize if it's not going to go out to tens of people, right. then what's the point? We're rough and ready podcasters. We're the we're rough we're and the, ready. You know, we go back to the old school before there was Spotify. Um, Spotify was probably right, but you know what I mean. 
pre-Gimlet. Before, I thought you were going to say before there was public radio, Bef- and that seemed like a very no, bold statement. No, no. Before before Gimlet came along to professionalize <laughs> yeah. podcasting and ruined everything That's for right. everyone. That's 100% right. Isn't it a little... Uh, first of all, I want to say I got to call you out for not saying our combined 20 years You're right. of podcasting, because as you know, even like a group of... 15-year-old skateboarders who've been skating since they were five yes. know to say our combined 50 years of skateboarding. <laughs> that sounds, that's a we very to... <laughs> specific example. I, don't... <laughs> I was trying to think on the fly as a rough and ready podcaster of the least interesting combined experience of something unprofessional I feel I could. I feel like you live near a high school or a skate park. <laughs> Look, and these teens, the and these teens are con- you're constantly stopping them, saying you're barely experienced. And the teens are like, "Combined, we I, have a hundred years of skateboarding experience." I needed someone in a hostage negoci- negotiation scenario who had skateboarding experience, right? And it was a life or death situation, right. and I foolishly right. bought into the idea of their one hundred. You just went to the. Wait, I've now added to 100 years. I made it 100. I made it 100. I made it 100. I'm so I don't know how many kids are in this skateboard club. (laughs) It was very specific. It was a very specific. The point is, you. We should be saying our near. We have almost a thousand podcast episodes, which is. That doesn't feel like a point of pride. It feels like, oh, that's maybe too many. (laughs) Like that's maybe between us. That's maybe too many podcast episodes. It is. Just, no one needs all that. It's a sobering number. It's a sobering it a number sober for sure. Number. Which is good because we're supposed to be podcasting, not drinking. And yeah, it's exactly. Middle- and it's and it, this may be four twenty, but it's not four twenty for us. <laughs> no, it's twelve twelve p.m. here on the East Coast. We can't even agree on what time it is. I this know. is going very, very, very poorly. We, you know, the country is too wide. Is the point? The, the country is too wide. Your vest, thank you. Is it keeping you warm? And at what point will the effusive laughter that heats up the body from the heart outward? At what point will the vest become too hot because we're having too much fun? I guess that's the question. Yeah. I have for you. And for, did you prepare for that? The for the for for those for those of you who are, cannot join our Zoom, everyone. For those of you who are enjoying this as intended as a as a purely audio experience. Recorded on GarageBand. I am wearing a puffy, a puffy down vest. I mean, it's not that puffy. It's subtly. It's like tech puffy. You it, know what I mean? It's no, not. It's, it's, it's not like. It's puffy. You know, but it's. I'm, I'm just saying it's not like retro puffy. Like it's not no. like I don't want people to imagine that you're wearing like you know a '70s no. era ski. I'm not wearing. Puffy vest. I'm not wearing a Marty McFly. You're not McFlying right, right now. Yeah. No, I'm wearing. That a, looks to me like a, a Vesta from the future. It's a it's it's a, a vest from the future that I've had for quite a while. I did put it on. <laughs> it is a chilly spring in New York, but it's nice to be outside, right? It's nice to be outside. Uh, and the fact is that the, wearing this vest is, you know, for I'm a rough and ready podcaster. This is not professional. Listen to this thing. <laughs> no, I can't. I gotta take it. I gotta take it. It's off. a whisperer. It's a real whisperer. I gotta take it off. It's, it's just, my responsibility to warm you from the inside with laughter and joy, so that you don't need that vest. Right. I'm gonna get hot too. I have a sweatshirt on. I don't need a sweatshirt. Have, I'm in Los Angeles. I have never been hot. What don't am I worry doing? about it. Um, let me say this though. I have now. Here's another pro tip. 
Or, you know what? Not pro. We're not professionals. Rough and ready podcasters. Mm-hmm. Just getting out there and laying down some tracks in GarageBand. You bet. But uh, I'm going to hide self-view here on our teleconferencing platform. Well, that's probably a good idea. Um, because uh, I've learned, as I think others have, that when we teleconference and we can see ourselves, our, in, you know, I can see myself, you can see yourself. All I do it's is look at my own face. It's all we're thinking about. Yeah, right. It's all we're but thinking now about. now I can see Wait, my Wait, how friend. do I hide self-view? Oh, here's a little life hack. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I could be of service. Uh, Thank you. If, you. if you look at your video yeah. and mouse over your video, you'll see in the upper right-hand corner a little blue box with three dots in it. <gasps> the dots. Click that. I Oh, I went all the way into video settings thinking I was like, well, no, I'm no, somewhere. No, no, no. Hide self view. Hide self view. And now it's just you and me and not our own faces, if you see what I mean. <sighs> you know, there are times, John, in life when I almost wish I could my hide my own self view, but my inner self view. Yeah. When I'm too solipsistic and I'm staring inward in a way that is supposed to be humble because it's self-critical, but right. really to everyone else around me, it's just self-absorbed. Self-interested. I yeah. wish I could hide self-view. Net, I, I understand that. I understand that impulse. Sometimes, though, I have this feeling, and look, it's not 420, <laughs> but... <laughs> Every now and then, and it's only recently that I think to myself, I've only ever seen out my own head. Yeah. I've, you know, I've only seen myself in video, like, and when you are an on-camera performer, as you are, and I, and I was sometimes, maybe again, Uh I don't know. (laughs) But, you know, I saw plenty of myself. And so maybe, but every now and then I just think it's like, I'm just seeing out my own eyes. Everything yeah. else I'm seeing is a misrepresentation. Like any mirror image or photograph is someone else's point of view. Yeah. I've never seen my own face. Not really. Yeah. And then I feel trapped in my own body. Uh-huh. And I stay awake for 39 hours. Weird this number. Is, I couldn't have anticipated this opportunity for a segue, but I am so excited to talk to you about astral projection. Oh. Now. <laughs> Now, look. it sounds more complicated than it is. Look, I, I have to say that if I'm trading you knowledge of how, how to hide self-view on Zoom and yeah. you're trading back how to leave your own body and float on the astral plane, <laughs> I feel like I'm getting the better half of that barter. You might I feel be, like I owe you a but little. I've, but I've lived with this gift for so long. To me, it's as simple as hiding self-view is for you. <laughs> wow. I will say... In a podcast that does focus a little on teenage years, yes. I was very, very sure that I could figure out how to astrally project from a very young age. Really? Yes. I cannot oh. say I've ever done it. Wow. Um, that would be a, maybe a different uh, avenue for this podcast to go down if it suddenly became just me telling you about my experiences as an astral projectionist. Uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a part-time job. <laughs> it definitely does. Part-time job at the mall. Yeah. It's oh, it's good money. Yeah. It's good money. I'm working uh, yeah, I'm working at the General Cinemas <laughs> on an astral projectionist. 
if I it's it's fucked up because if if I keep working there this whole summer, I'm gonna have to join the union and that costs money. So, oh, it's a whole thing, yeah, right. you know. And for a long time, it was like you would go in. I wouldn't know. Am I gonna be the astral projectionist tonight, or am I gonna sell popcorn? And right. it's a whole different. I mean, your clothes smell different, you know, when you come home, uh, depending on which one of those two things. And surprisingly, worse if you've been astral projecting. That is um, weird. Yeah. Uh, there was a book that I loved. I can't remember if I've talked about it on the podcast before. Of course, between us, we've had nearly a thousand podcast episodes. So <laughs> don't sue us if um, we repeat ourselves. Yeah. Nearly a thou. Nearly a thou. But there was a there was a book called by Lois Duncan, a prolific, perhaps. Was she one of those authors yes. where other people were writing as her? Like, did it become sort of a catch-all for, you know what I mean, a genre? Because I feel like there were those books. Well, I'm I'm a dope, well. so I recognize the name, but I don't I don't yeah. re- I don't remember the genre of Lois Duncan. That's not Flowers in the it, Attic. It, it That's V.C. Like, Andrews. No, but you're not that far off. Okay. I, I, Lois Duncan um, was definitely sort of intense mysteries with a lot of teen angst, mm-hmm. but I think that they were more supernatural uh, than the incest of V.C. Andrew books. Also supernatural. Spoiler also alert. Also supernatural. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Holy moly. But she moly. had this one book. Yeah, she Have had you this seen one her book. photo on Wikipedia? Who Lois Duncan? Yeah, sorry, I have access to. Does a computer she look right now. like a female Stephen King? Does she look haunting? Does she no, look? She like looks a... like Audrey Hepburn. It's a black and white photo oh. of her. Oh, no, more oh. like Grace Kelly. Like a black and white photo of her from 1950, nice. standing in an extremely tall field of daisies. Looks like I'm not a okay. I'm not really up on my flower types, but it's very, very, a very, very. Oh. Oh, you know what I mean? I like see it's a gl- just what you're talking it's about. A gla- it's a glamorous shot. Whoa! You're not right? kidding, mister. That's nuts. That's not what I expected at all. No. I really thought that it was going to be like Grace Slick. Do you it's know a, what I mean? It's In an like old, yeah. Standing by a velvet curtain. That's sort of, based on her writing, that's sort of what I expected. No, and then the, the more contemporary photos of her, she looks like a nice mom. She does look like a yeah, nice she mom. She passed away in 2016. Oh, I know what you did last summer. Duh. Oh, I didn't know one. I really, really thought you were saying that to me and no. not that it was that book. No, I don't know what you did last oh, summer. God. Let's put that on the list oh. of topics. What okay. did <laughs> last summer? I love that you, your notes to self, there's no shorthand. It is every word. You'll need every word as a prompt. Yes. I wrote down summer. What did I what, mean? What did I that mean was by... 50 minutes ago. What did I mean by that? Why did okay, I, what so, did yeah, I mean so by you did go. you do last summer? I was, <laughs> do you think she ever decided to write a, like, she should have written a sequel to it, and I know what you'll do next fall. Like, that would be good. Listen, she... She knew that she needed to get in and out with one perfect book, and then it was the film industry that perpetuated the sequels to follow, which I believe right. include I Still Know I What still You Did know. Last Summer. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything after that, but I, I hope <laughs> I continue I continue to have awareness of what right. you did last summer. That movie was a very scary movie about <laughs> m- memory, about how a person <laughs> did not get amnesia. Still know. <laughs> No, you're right. It is a perfect book. No one's talking about Down a Dark Hall. No one. Oh, Down a Dark Hall is one of hers too? Yeah. What? Okay, so this is what I'm getting at. Okay. She had a book called Stranger with My Face. Oh, okay? boy. Yeah. And it was about 
two young women mm-hmm. who had been separated at birth. Right. One of them is John Travolta. The other is Nicolas Cage. One of them is Arnold Schwarzenegger. The other is Danny DeVito. It was a little, a little couple of different references for people <laughs> around our age. Mm-hmm. All right. So I apologize. And one please. of them is not real. And Dom DeLuise and Burt Reynolds. <laughs> Which one of those three is not a real movie about two disparate people playing brothers? Which Uh, one is not real? I I don't think that there was ever a Dom Dom and Bert sibling movie. Uh, You're right. Um, What gave it away? Me coming up with it after we (laughs) made the two real ones? Wait a minute. You were telling me about this novel, Stranger With My Face. Stranger With My Face. Now... I have not read it for a very, very long time. I want to say there is a component that may or may not be PC uh, in these times when which we are reexamining many things. I feel like perhaps she is part American Indian. Um, oh. I say that as a person who took many classes and was told to use the term by my American Indian professor rather than yes. Native American. Yes. It goes many different ways. People have different thoughts about that. I believe that she... So there's a sense of like, oh no, is this like sort of witchy voodoo that you're bringing in from a different culture? Right. Um, but I don't... But, she's but magical I don't, is what you're saying. But she's magical. But I don't know that that... I, again, the place it's coming from, I think, was like a deep respected reverence for the idea of the spirituality of the American Indian. That the being said, The place it's coming from is, is, October, is October 1981. Thank you. And Thank you. People... Wow. If it was October, I mean, I feel like I read it when it was hot off the... Okay, no, I was too young. Hot but off the presses. Hot off the, hot off the presses. So she. So these two girls... So this girl starts having these kind of dreams of being visited by someone who sort of looks like this ghost, ghostly spectral version of herself. Right. And it turns out that she and her sister have been... And this is just one long spoiler alert. Have yeah. been separated at birth, but the person who like she got to be with a good, you know, sort of richer family, uh-huh. and her sister was uh, was was put into a much less appealing environment. Um, and but her sister learns how to astral, astral project. project. We so said it at the same time twin. due to our psychic connection. <laughs> also, I've also I've been perusing the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Okay, and so you may know by now, Hodgman. Yes, that that's me, John Hodgman. By the way, I'm sister- a guest. <laughs> I'm Janet Garage Band Varney. That's right. Um, and so her sister, so they bond together, but then ultimately we find out that her sister's evil goal is to get her her twin out of her own body long enough for her to slip into it. So that she can take over. Mm. And Mm. then the other one is, and then of course there's a whole thing where the, so, and then, and recently there has been a book that I've been made aware of that was also turned into a Netflix series that seems like it just stole that entire idea, except they're not sisters. There's a story about a sort of sexier story about two women who become friends. One of them teaches the other to do that. And then it becomes clear. Oh, she wants to steal that body at the end is she's going to, she got to steal that body. She got to get in that body. But you, so did you, you were saying earlier in this podcast. So I thought it was real. I thought it was a real story. projection was real. And I you felt were, it was real. And you were going to do it. Or you were able and to And I do was going to do it. And I, and then, you know, to follow after my really own, my own immediate exposure to astral projection being from the perspective of a teenage girl and right. the beautiful Lois Duncan in a field of daisies, uh, 
then you sort of start hearing like, oh, wait, this is a thing like Carlos Castellaneta believed in it. And and you and and for me sort of getting into the, like the hippie world of Tucson, Arizona in the 80s right. and 90s, um, there were people who perpetuated sure. this idea. Sure. And so I tried really hard many you, times you were trying I tried so to astral project. What was your routine? <sighs> I mean, basically just what you read about in books, which is like either take copious amounts of drugs, mm-hmm. which may or may not do anything, but put send you into a panic, an existential panic, right. which is also, listen, important work to okay. do on yourself if you can. Okay, I'm, I'm uh, taking the drugs now. Done. Good. Now. It's, wait till 420. Wait till 420. Okay. All right. They only work if you take them. Okay. No, but like, uh, would you, would you, would you, would you meditate somewhere like in your... I mean, I think it really was like, like was you're just trying? lying, and you know, it's it's the it's that liminal. I think the ideal is the sort of liminal state, and again, again, I may have held on to this from the Lois Duncan book and from no other book that may have been more grounded in like true right. mythology or whatever. True mythology sounds weird, but. Um, but I think it's that liminal state where you're not quite, you're falling asleep at night, yeah. you're very relaxed, yeah. you're not quite awake, but yeah. you're not quite asleep, which yeah. is a magical time sure. for many of us, whether right. or not we're leaving our bodies. Right. It's just, it's it's that magical period of sleep before the terror comes. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. You probably already have a favorite animal. Maybe it's a powerful apex predator like the tiger or a cute and cuddly panda. And those are great, but have you considered something a little more unconventional? Could I perhaps interest you in the Greenland shark, which can live for nearly 400 years? Or maybe the jewel wasp who performs brain surgery on cockroaches to control their minds? On Just the Zoo of Us, we review animals by giving them ratings out of 10 in the categories of effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Listen with friends and family of all ages to find your new favorite animal with Just the Zoo of Us on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. I wonder if you've talked with uh, other people about their teen years, whether people thought they had superpowers or wanted, like genuinely thought that they could get them. There's a thread of, I mean, there are definitely people that I stumble across who wanted very much to have some sort of ESP type telekinesis, that kind of thing. Did you have any of that? Well, you you, unlocked a a memory. Oh, this is my job. Uh, Because uh, I, I grew up in Brookline, Massachusetts. Uh, a, a leafy suburb, for the most part, of, of Boston. I mean, very close to Boston. Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, only child, weirdo. Um, uh, spent a lot of time just by myself, just astral projecting the shit out of myself. Oh, I don't know why you had what? so much difficulty Bury the it. lead. Bury the leafy lead. Yeah, no, I just would pop out, float around Brookline. <laughs> leave my body behind. Float over to Coolidge wow. Corner. I'm so Float down Harvard now. Street. See what's going on at Koopal's Bagels. Float. Get yourself a king cone. Can't touch anything. Can't eat anything. Your hand oh. goes. 
You know what I mean? I thought I was dropping a cool reference to a oh, place in I Massachusetts see. that I'd been. Oh, but I don't know. I don't, I don't to your point, I didn't catch that can't reference. touch anything, can't eat anything. In the words, in the words Janet. of MC Hammer, you can't touch this. That's oh, the whole. God, that, that whole is rap what is, that about, is about. It's about astral projection. <laughs> I've never wanted anything to be truer. <laughs> Every time oh. they see me, the hammer is just too intangible. I'm dope on the floor and I'm magic on the on the mandolin. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Different version. No. no, but one of the things that I was into in the in my in my preteens to early teens were comic books, specifically X-Men comic books, which were the comics you would read if you were uh, a guy who read comic books, you know, because the whole premise of X-Men, which, I mean, it was, I don't want to reference that person. The whole premise of X-Men is you get to go to a special school. You learn that you have superpowers when you, right. that you develop in puberty and you get right. to go to a special school. So all right. of the, all the thing that you are most afraid of, which is I'm not very special, gets taken away. It's like, no, guess what? <clears throat> you are the most special. Well, not really. It's just you get to, because there are other <laughs> superpower people at the school. Professor you are the Xavier's most special as being a part of this group. You're not you're so the most special group. You're more special than the dumb, dumb non-mutant friends that you have around. Right. You are. You are. You have the. You have a special power, and you might be shooting lasers, or they're, they're not lasers. Don't write to me, Cyclops fans. Shooting mm -hmm. force beams out of your eyes. You might be special because you can smell real good. Like sense smell. I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a <laughs> I mean some of the mutants were terrible. There's a, there Wait was a, a minute. Mutant. Do you smell good That's what I'm to saying. other people or do you smell well? You smell, you smell well. extremely well. <laughs> you smell you have you're highly skilled at smelling. <laughs> but there probably is an X Man who can smell good on command. <laughs> It was a you know a real genetic crapshoot because sometimes you get really cool powers like Gene like Jean Grey not our friend the the polymath and performer oh, she herself she's got is superpowers almost mystical and yeah. how amazingly talented she is Jean Grey the character uh, first Marvel girl then Phoenix then Jean Grey who has like telekinesis and tel telepathy and stuff like you can do a lot with that then there's it's also a, a burden go yeah, ahead that's right it's also a burden uh, but then there's also someone who's got a superpower where they can uh, they can grow extra bones and shoot them out of their body <laughs> which gross that's which is cool but really gross. really gross yeah <laughs> not terribly useful i mean it's a burden yeah. it's also a burden too <laughs> but what does it feel like when you when you quickly need to grow a couple of quick extra bones that then leave your body. That sounds you can do it on so command. Pleasant. I don't remember. Yeah. And that person had a really terrible name, like calcium or something. I don't remember. <laughs> marrow. It was marrow. I think I'm right. Marrow. This was after my time. This is. I stopped reading X Men comics when I realized I'm probably not going to de develop mutant powers in puberty. Okay. Like I want to. Uh, you know, a couple of years passed. So you puberty, feel I'm like, like your happening. enjoyment of it was tied directly to how it yeah. might foretell something that, that was the, you know you. look i didn't i i wasn't delusional it was a it was just a fantasy right but th the the genius of the x-men was if you're reading comics you're probably you're probably an outsider certainly sure. by the 80s it's not like you it's not like all of the kids were running down to the drugstore on their on their apple cart 
scooters or whatever like to they were all buying <laughs> comics to support the war effort or whatever it was like uh-huh. by the 80s it was a niche a niche readership of weirdos and oddballs and outsiders right and so yeah. to tell these kids hey um you never know but there might be a secret school for people with special powers and they get their special powers uh when they hit puberty and yeah. that's that's a very exciting prospect, especially when yeah. the rest of the powers you get with puberty are not great. <laughs> it is not you smell so good. <laughs> so I spent some time. I spent some time sit, sitting outside and watching the trees rustle in the wind and being like, "Am I doing that? Am I creating wind? Yeah. Am I creating I wind with too. my special powers? I did that too. Yeah. For me, it was more trying to move up. Like if I could, I mean. Right. At least you were you were at least you were looking at something that had inherent kinetic movement. Yeah. So that you could give yourself the the possibility that maybe you had something to do with it. Right. I it, for me it was straight up indoor stationary objects. Like if to, I could move right. this tiny ball as if again, because we're taught by and I didn't read comics, um right. but I but I feel like all of my male friends did, and I didn't have any female friends who did. Like it was very right. much still a gendered thing. Of course. Um, but uh, but as if you know, again, start start with something small. <laughs> yeah. Build up. I mean, you know what? Don't look at the whole tree, Hodge. Just start with one leaf. If you can just rustle one leaf, then two leaves. I'm looking out my window trying to do it uh-huh. now. But... <laughs> It may be my superpower to attract cardinals, the bird. There are a lot of cardinals that fly by my office window. Ah. Be, that would be pretty, pretty okay. I'd take it. I'd take it at this point. Whereas I am having a bit of a gnat problem inside my house. Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I guess that's my thing. Cardinal and the gnat woman? That's our superhero uh-huh. team up? <laughs> Yeah, because the wasp and Ant Man are not enough. That's right. Woman also needs to. Sorry to hear about your start participating. What do you think it would? What do you think it would have meant to you if you were able to move that ball telekinetically? Like, what would that have? That's a great question. I have the same question for you. What do you do with that? Had that been making wind? So or and just yeah, having <laughs> again puberty pre and post, you probably still had that gift. Uh, no, but you know, like what did you take it to? Because I never bothered to think beyond. I, I guess that's how much I knew it wasn't real. I guess that's how much I truly knew there's no way this is really going to happen because I never it didn't, took it right to the next. Like, oh my god, what do I do? What well, am I going to do with this? I didn't mean. I didn't even mean. The, it's interesting. I didn't even mean to ask the question practically. Like, what uh, will you do with this superpower? I meant, like, what yeah. would it mean to you psychologically to have it? And for right. me, you know, as I'm... I forget, do you have siblings? No, I'm an only child, yeah, so, so another you know weird I'm only child. About. I do, I do, I do. Maybe, I, do. I mean, everyone's journey is different, but I had a lot of... I, I had a lot of anxiety as an only child because yeah. um, I, um, uh, I, I felt... Very special, you know. I was the only child in my parents' life. Yeah, but I also felt, but I had no, I had no personal experience in conflict with siblings. Yeah, yeah. and so I had no uh, training, uh, as I wrote about in my book, uh, Vacation Land, by me, John Hodgman. 
I had no training in simple confrontation. So it was, uh, it it didn't occur to me. Terrifying. Yeah. It didn't occur to me that having a, having a conflict with someone was not fatal. It just seemed, and, and. Completely agree. And by. And we, I mean, I had friends. Right. But I, I hated, I mean, I was terrified of those conflicts. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. It's not like people say, oh, you're so spoiled because you're an only child. And you're like, I mean, unless you are. If if by spoiled, you mean ruined. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, first of all, no, I didn't get everything I wanted. The only stuff that came out of it, maybe. Well, (laughs) you're one of those. Yeah. Uh, But you know, to to feel, yeah, to feel that anxiety about right about all kinds of social interactions with my peers, less so with adults, right? And because that's what you're more used to in some ways. Yeah, and I and I as an only child, and so this twin thing of putting a lot of stock in being an interesting special person that seemed yeah. like it was my life's goal yeah um having and and but also having a lot of fear a yeah. lot of fear all the time in, including i think probably the deepest fear which is you're not that special you know what i mean yeah. like oh yeah and if i could make that fucking tree blow around in the wind they're like oh thank god i know i get to <laughs> oh, what a load of Oh, and I get to go to a special school too. All right. And there was a yeah. I think that that's what it was. There was a there's a twin yearning of wanting to belong because I certainly I just felt very un- uncomfortable being normal uh, among no- normal kids. You know, I was always kind of an oddball. Well, so well even, liked, so even, not ostracized or anything, but right. I just felt like. There, it was this twinned thing of of trying to push myself into weird idiosyncrasies, like growing my hair long when I was in like fourth grade or something, like when a thing like that wasn't done, and not Did being a hip, a not being a hippie or anything. Smoked a pipe? I would have. I mean, there was definitely cardigan stuff going on. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> I say this as someone who like stole pipes from. Yeah. Like wherever you would get a pipe that was you know uh, somehow you would be able to get it as a teenage person yeah and like yeah you go to the tobacco the tobacco shop and get a get a like a professorial briar pipe or whatever yeah although that doesn't seem like a place that i a would have stolen from because i do feel like i was conscious about small businesses even then right i'm sure but b i don't know if they're just gonna leave pipes sitting around i, gotta, I never I it never even occurred to me that you would that one would steal a pipe i would just buy it but i guess yeah. you wouldn't be allowed to anyway there is definitely a fetishization of grown-upness yes you know like i my dad was getting rid of his briefcase i'm like i'll have that and i'm not taking a knapsack yeah. to school anymore i'm bringing yeah. this leather briefcase to school and i'm gonna wear yeah. I had a, a long overcoat friend. and a fedora and have long uh-huh. hair like just <laughs> it's, you know this real it's pushing so easy to see all of this and i mean that in the most loving way and i am so sure we would have been friends because you have just described elements of like three or four of my best friends right. in high school there was my friend who carried a briefcase i had many many right. trench coat and fedora oh fe- like this is really my worst I, nightmare you say there are people not special there are people who are and being idiosyncratic just like me extraordinarily special <laughs> Each more special wow. than the last. Wow. Each more special than the last, but still not as special as mm. you, my friend. You no. didn't let me finish. Still never approaching the specialness of you. I have no doubt uh, we would have been friends in high school. And frankly, I feel 
robbed of that. By, uh, and by what? Geography? If only there was some way one of us could travel many thousands of miles <laughs> without to being bonded to our stupid one, meat one bodies. One of us steal the other's body, as <laughs> right. inevitably must happen between two astral projectionists. It's just one of those classic mix-ups. It's mix going to happen. It's going to happen. Yeah, so I was pushing myself in in ex, you know, into eccentricity. And yet at the same time, there was a lot of fear that I was normal and there was a lot of fear that I couldn't be normal, you know? Yeah. So it was yeah, just those, a stew. Those dichotomies as a young person, not that they don't exist beyond that, but right. the dichotomies of adolescence are stunning to yeah. me in how just incredibly polar they can be right. one from the other. Right. And, you know, I definitely, as I say, there was a fetishization of grown-upness, not merely because I was a, a, a pretentious oddball i mean i was you know a lot of is this public school by the way public high school yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. uh so it's not like you were going to you know an all boys catholic no school no 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 i was going to you know uh, brookline has very good very good public schools it was a very liberal town Uh, a lot of emphasis on the arts not a lot of emphasis on sports it's not as though i was in some repressive or hyper quote-unquote normal high school experience where if you don't play a sport, you are human garbage. Do you know what I mean? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, this was all my own self-generated problem. I was right. well. I was well well liked by all my teachers and peers. No, like I wasn't bullied. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. meaningfully. Um, and and, uh, but you know, the fetishization of being an adult happened because a I was pretentious. Watched a lot. Watched a lot of you know, public television and thought read Athel Fugard plays and junk trying to be interesting in this very in this very um uh transparent and uh, and apparently not uncommon way mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> but also uh I, puberty was terrifying because I, as far as i was concerned hugging or kissing another person was just another kind of confrontation that <laughs> i was not emotionally prepared for felt like that yeah. was fatal too so i wanted to jump past puberty altogether and just right. become the 39-year-old sexless gentleman bachelor I felt des- <laughs> destined to become. That would have been a real, that would have been very, that would have been very reassuring, but not as reassuring as, oh, uh, you're a mutant. Right. You have special <laughs> right. powers and you get to go live in a mansion in Westchester, New York with other people right. of special powers. So, And by the way, <clears throat> I think you've just hit on something that I hadn't thought that much about, which is... You've also, this is also a world that's been created for someone who has maybe a discomfort with physical closeness or with sexuality. And here you have a lot of mutants for whom contact is quite dangerous. Yeah. So you sort of got that built in. You're like, well, I'm sort of a rogue type in that I can't touch you or I'll suck out all your life force. Like there's this wonderful permission there, right? right? Where like maybe my mutant power means that I can't ever kiss a girl. And that's just how it is. is. And that's okay. That's That's my physiology. And there are so many different kinds. Like, yeah, I would love to hug and kiss you, but... uh, Unfortunately, I have this thing where I grow extra bones all the time, and I might. Uh... <laughs> you can imagine how key it is that I never become aroused. That's right. And then, never. And, and and by extra bones, I do not mean what you're you yeah. know, laughing about right now. I mean, yes. stuff comes out of my elbows. <laughs> uh, yeah. And there are all these different fl- flavors of mutantdom. 
there where you could find you could find yourself and feel seen in that universe to some degree maybe sure. seen with eyes that that shoot power beams i don't know you know that would be yeah. painful but you know what i mean like yeah and yeah so that that was i mean it was a there is a real appeal to mutantdom among kids who think they're mutants you know what i mean so and to to that that and that experience does, so. of yeah no some, for sure and right. <laughs> that, genuinely that there are some of, who don't oh, yeah. i think yeah well you know what that's probably true yeah. i don't it's true i mean i don't how many of those have i had on my podcast not many in the sense that not a lot I, of them you know, go I'm into selectively, the arts yeah i'm sort of selectively <laughs> avoiding that not really on purpose but just by virtue of like who's in my world so i guess it is on purpose yeah but mo- most people whether they're whether they're encouraged to be aware of it or not either as adults or as teenagers most people are are broken right or suffering in sure. a way inside and sure that is a consolation of the x-men is that is that something that you had the experience of uh, where when, when it became sort of hit movies that there was a sense that sometimes the same way someone will go like oh i can't believe radiohead got to be as big as it was it was a very small personal band for yes. me did you have that moment of like oh i'm so sure the quarterback's gonna go see x-men on a saturday night while he is he's handsy with his girlfriend that's not fair i no, i never felt possessive of yeah what we call nerd culture right and you know part of the reason is that i did go through puberty and i it was okay <laughs> And, <laughs> it ended up to be it ended up yeah, being okay. And you know, yeah. in high school I was able to find a group of friends who were my X-Men basically and navigated that world relatively successfully. And and I start I started realizing that um these comic books are greasy kid stuff. <laughs> 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 Still love them. I and mean, I love comic yeah. books so much, but there was a moment, remember how I said I was uh, very pretentious? Uh-huh. Well, that's in part because I'm very insightful and intelligent. And mm-hmm. there was a moment in my early teens where I'm like, it may be that this angry, fighty guy who has not one, not two, but three penile claws that, it, that <laughs> become erect out of his two punching hands... Mm-hmm. at will maybe yeah. a power fantasy less yeah. more of a power fantasy than a character yeah yeah maybe that's a Good power fantasy and then i was like yeah. then kind of everything fell apart it's like oh yeah yeah this is not this is not interesting to me and then they started bringing huh. in like marrow and then they revived jean gray and i'm like forget that she's but that's her death was such an important part of that story so i moved mm-hmm. on for all for all kinds of psychological and and cultural theory and and critical literary theory reasons. I was like, no, all kinds of like screenwriting reasons, but right. So (laughs) when, when the movie X-Men came out, my feeling was, I can't believe this is happening. Cause I remembered hanging around with Tim McGonagall when we were 11 or 12 at the beach in Rhode Island at his, you know, his mom had rented a place and I got to go stay with him for a week and just sort of dream casting who would be in the X-Men movie floating around in the ocean or the pond or whatever. And, and even in then in my heart knowing this is a futile exercise, this oh, wow. shall never, no one shall ever make a movie of the X-Men. A, 
Huh. A because the the special effects aren't looked stupid. B yeah. because this is this culture. Um, well, B because these stories have power not because they're one story, but because they're years of interlocking stories with other comic right. books. Like it's like you can't tell that story in two hours. Remember, I was a very advanced screenwriter at the time, and uh-huh. and C <laughs> because this culture is toxic. It's not. It's this the whole world of comic books is considered to be garbage. Hmm. No movie, no studio would ever invest the money into making this movie nor and nor would it be good. Superman the movie notwithstanding, like it's just not it's too weird. This is weird culture. There's no way this is going to become mainstream. Hmm. And then to see even you know, even though it was incredibly popular. And then to see it on screen, I was like, I can't believe it happened. Yeah. That movie got a lot right. And yeah. what I remember feeling really astonished, I went to go see it with Jay Evans, who was a high school friend of mine, had been a high school friend of mine. And we walked out of the movie going, I can't believe we just saw what we saw. It's not the greatest movie mm-hmm. in the world, but the fact that it existed was so weird. And the yeah. fact that they got as much right as they did, in particular, Hugh Jackman, made me actually care about the character Wolverine yeah. for the first time since I cast that childish thing aside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that was not... That was not a gross Canadian murderous power fantasy that he was playing. Right, right. You know, that was a guy who acknowledged right. that every time, every time he, you know, popped those claws out, it hurt. Every yeah. t- you know what I mean? Like, and I was like, oh yeah. wow, like that's his performance and obviously the the writing and everything else. But I was like, that that worked for me, so I was very glad. And generally yeah. speaking, and I'll stop this monologue, but like I I want everyone to watch and experience nerd culture like yeah. nerd culture is great because in many ways it is about outsiders and oddballs and weirdos and people see feel seen in those stories yeah and so if the high if the high school you know quarterback sees x-men and can tune into the fact that a you know maybe the people that he let's just say hypothetically that he's been bullying our human you know what i mean that's good yeah not but, to say all quarterbacks are bullies no of course. no i think they i think they say about 48 percent of them no. okay all right no that's a horrible <laughs> that's a horrible cliche so that's why i was just saying hypothetically like i think yeah. what is more common is that someone in a someone who is living in a school or a system where they are they're how do i put this Someone's living in a school or a system or a sports program or whatever else that is in their world highly normalized, right? Right. This is is normal life against which everything else is defined as wrong and oddball and exotic and whatever. Sure. I mean, just like white men, right? The white male experience is that's that's analog human. And anything that is not a straight white man is the other in some way, Right. right? That's the way. That's the way a lot of people. That's the way I lived growing up with, you know, just because yeah. of what I was seeing. The institutionalization in TV and movies and stuff. of yeah, right. all of that. Yeah, and if you're a high school quarterback, I feel like maybe this isn't true now because I think kids are a lot more tuned in and smarter than we were in the '80s. Mm-hmm. But if you were a high school quarterback in the '80s and you were gay, secretly, or if you were a high school quarterback in the '80s and you just you know, like liked Wolverine or whatever. Right. You would be keeping secrets. 
Yeah. You know? And maybe keeping and maybe the and maybe the ways that you feel broken, like even though I felt I was special as an only child and a and a weirdo and a nerd and an oddball or whatever, like I knew that I I knew that it was okay for me to be broken. That was part yes, of it. Yes, yes, yes indeed. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if there was something that if I felt there was something wrong with me or something weird or off, that wasn't um that wasn't a death sentence. That was a, mm-hmm. that was, uh, if anything, a confirmation that I was as interesting and singular as I wanted to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, I absolutely, I completely agree that the fact that that's not, you know, not to be touched territory that you just pack away somewhere. Right. <clears throat> is a tremendous gift. Yeah. And as if a you, young person. And if you're the high school quarterback and you're feeling that way about something and you don't even you like it could be in that situation that that person feels they can't even admit that to themselves and that's yeah. a very alienated place to be in yeah so i think nerd culture is 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 great in that like it, get, get it out i do not want to hold it right for my you know golem like <laughs> perusing <laughs> in a cave <laughs> That's the way something gets greasy, for sure. Constant handling, yeah. constant handling by the same one person, that's going to grease up that's, those comic pages, it's yeah. going to grease up that nerd yeah. culture, and it's yeah, you're right. Don't yeah. don't don't hoard it. Oh, oh, it's time for a quick break. I will be back after a word from our friends at Maximum Fun. I'm Jordan Cruciola, the host of Feeling Scene, where we talk about the movie characters that make us feel seen. And I'm the show's producer, Marissa. Jordan, you've interviewed so many directors, actors, writers, film critics, and I like to play this little game where I take a sip of coffee every time someone says, that's such a great question. That's such a fabulous question. Or they tell you how smart you are. I think that you are rather brilliant. And of course, the big one is... When, when they, they cry, cry unexpectedly. unexpectedly. Yes, yes. Jordan, I don't want to cry on your podcast. I wasn't expecting to <laughs> cry. I mean, it makes me kind of want to cry. <sighs> Feeling Seen comes out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Listen already. What are you waiting for? Jordan, that's such a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into this MASH game that you probably didn't know was coming. I'm ready for it. This is how we it. end the podcast. Uh... I'm going to give you my first category, which is I would very much like for you to name three films that you were going to be able to pop you into whenever you want for as long or as little time as you would like uh, at no cost to your safety. Um, but you're not and you're not reliving the plot. You're just sort of in that world of the, of the oh, 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 three films that you would going like into, into going into the world of the film. Mm-hmm. Like taking a little vacation into three different films. Well, the first thing that came to mind, and I'll own it, is... No. I was going <laughs> to... What a brave beginning to a total combat. Well, I thought... No, I'll, t- I'll say what I thought. is Miller's Crossing, the Coen Brothers movie. Miller's Crossing, oh, which is always one of my movie. favorite movies. And I, I misunderstood the question at first. Like, mm-hmm. what movie could you... Put on like I thought it was in the in the vein mm-hmm. of no, you put it on and you can watch more, any part this is of it far for as long. more no right. this is deep deep uh, imagination time where you're in it yeah I, I guess you don't that's kind of a stressful place to be uh, yeah funsies. I don't know that I would want to live in it although I really 
had a, a dangerous idolization of Gabriel Byrne in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that guy was a, I mean, that guy was a total, total loner mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and a total fuck up uh-huh. <laughs> and was not part of a team. Absolutely not. And would just <gasps> drink and crash on couches. Yeah. And yet was also the smartest guy in the room. And I think that. I I get it. When I started to take a turn towards n- not, you know, imp- imp- I mean, I don't remember when that movie came out in 1988. I think I was in college at that point in any case. And then, you know, I was, I was part of my experiment. Like when I was being a bad kid, when I turned to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Who might ask a girl out on a date or later drink a <laughs> beer when I turned bad into a kid. bad kid. Because I'd always been a good kid. Right. There was a real right. fantasy in, in Gabriel Burns. You know, he didn't, as I say, was not part of a team. That was a fantasy. But I don't know what I'd want to live but like in that your, world. But like your version, yeah. But, I, but, it's, but let's probably just they don't. Probably quickly, they don't have your... asthma medication in that world either. So <laughs> I would... We're throwing all that to the side. This is pure fantasy, my friend. Pure fantasy. But that being fantasy. said, you weren't identi- You weren't like, your bad phase, you weren't associating as like Han- Hannibal Lecter. It was still just like you know a miscreant uh i'd like to step in and be one of the celebrity cameos in the muppet movie great how about that that would be fun yes indeed i love those muppets so much Me too. you know what i miss the thrilling adventure hour because that was the muppet show that was like living in the muppet show yeah that was a good time i mean as a performer yeah as what it was like to watch from the audience i'm sure it was just torture but in any case <laughs> but we had fun <laughs> didn't we to the select few who didn't love we? it as much watching it and listening to it as much as we love doing it bless you yeah bless you and thank you so all right um what's another one another world that i'd want to live in or just the yeah, x-men i mean i guess right i would definitely spend some time with patrick stewart in a mansion great that'd be good I'd love that. And then, um, <laughs> Grey Gardens. <laughs> Great. I actually Listen. lived, I actually lived that fantasy. I spent the night in that house. Oh God. It's there, a, that is mwah, chef's kiss to everything about Grey Gardens. Di- I mean, I get it. Directed by two sons of Brookline, Massachusetts, David and Albert. Oh Mazes. yeah. yeah. Oh, the man. oh yeah. I mean, listen, I, I, uh, yes, a hundred percent. Yes. Um, Okay, next category. Let's do three. I'd like to. I'd like to do three again. This is sort of you're in a safety bubble, uh-huh. but this is uh, traveling in time, uh, specific sort of time or era, uh, either to witness something, perhaps to solve one uh, like a mystery that may or may not actually be a mystery, but the people can't seem to agree on. But you can see with your for yourself what's what true, actually or happened. you know what do the dinosaurs look like? If in fact there even were dinosaurs, I don't know. I don't think they show up in the Bible, so I'm not sure. <laughs> Um, those kinds of mysteries. <laughs> right, right. Well, I definitely, and I think you'll appreciate this especially, Janet, because this speaks directly to your interest. I definitely would want to go back in time a couple of years to see what was really going on at Comet Ping Pong. I see. <laughs> no, don't write that down. It <laughs> is not a genuine interest. Not a genuine interest. <laughs> I think I should make you stick to your joke, but I won't. That's not how I do. What? 
first of all, no. I'm not going to commit yeah. to the bit. This is a Maximum Fun yeah. podcast. I agree, and I won't, and I won't. Um, so I, this is going back in time. There's no going forward in time. Well, you can go forward. I guess, well, this is lame, but I'm going to go forward 100 years, see what's going on. I'll probably feel terrible. Right. Probably be an awful thing. But on the upside, you will know what I did this summer. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Whoa. You know what? You committed to the bit. I did. I would go, I would like to go to Boston in the 70s. Great. Uh, having grown up in that area and lived during that time, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, I guess I just would like to, f- to, you know, the, the things history can't capture are the smells, for one. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, having, having lived in a time that was uh, before computers, before the internet, not before computers, obviously, but you know what I'm talking about. Before everyone had a home computer, before the internet, before cell phones, never mind smartphones, yeah. you know. I think that was around when the answering machine was invented. Just, mm-hmm. I'd like to feel what the pace of that life was like. Because mm-hmm. it still feels so close in so many ways. Yes, yes. But uh, I think it was probably very, very different than people. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And also, I've, a great I've been, there's a, there's a, uh, in, uh, Instagram account called Dirty Old Boston, which has a lot of really great photos of Boston from the 70s, which I like. So that's, I wish I could take a hundred years in the future back, but I already took one back, so that's no 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 more backsies. And you know, you got me with that dinosaurs thing. That's it's hard to get that out of my head. Yeah. You know, see a see a dinosaur. Yeah. That'd be pretty intense. Yeah. But like, how? What if the dinosaur doesn't want to come out? You know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> the world was big. How many dinosaurs? Mm-hmm. How many dinosaurs do we think there even were? Would you think that I'm gonna just send you willy nilly, William Nilliam, into the past? And and yeah, and look, if I'm gonna send how are you, you back gonna to know the dinosaurs, where they are? You're gonna see a freaking dinosaur. I want to see more than one, for sure. Okay, great. Yeah, then I'll do I'm that. I'm gonna send you back to see minimum thirty dinosaurs. And Whoa. I'm not talking just a bunch of brontosauri, if that's... No, that can't be right. <laughs> We're going to see a collection. It's going to be... I don't think they're called brontosaurus anymore. I know, they're I not. That's not even... Called. That's why I said. That's, I, I know that that's not even right. I don't remember. I'm not... I, I haven't kept up. And I know, but then I've forgotten all the, all the updates to the more <laughs> PC version of, of, of dinosaurism. <laughs> no, I know. It's like you have to constantly restart your phone. There's always a new update. I know. That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah, you're guaranteeing a minimum of 30, 30 dinosaurs. Guaranteeing. Guaranteeing. How am I not, okay, not going to see that? Do I want to see what really happened in history? No, because it's probably bore, boring. You know right. what I mean? You're going to be like, oh, this elite group that everyone's, oh, the vicious circle. Oh, you know what? It was vicious. Those were unhappy people. That's Dorothy right. Parker wasn't all that. I don't think that would be a grim place to hang out. Out, frankly, it's a it's a it's a common <clears throat> common answer. Yeah, um, really, the Algonquin Round Table. For me. People, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of <clears throat> yeah people. There's a lot of like I think there's a lot of people who who feel like the vicious circle, like being with Dorothy Parker and sort of having you know the the that's I it's I think it's that it's the it's the it's the historical version of wanting mm-hmm. to be a mutant, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's the historical version of wanting to join that team. I want right. to be on the team of artists who were doing X, Y, Z. I mean, I'm listening to an audiobook Their right superpowers now were about eating lunch, Laurel Canyon. Drinking with lunch. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're drinking lunch. Uh, that's exactly right. I'm listening to a, a, a book about Laurel Canyon in the 60s and 70s. Oh, yeah. Come it, on. And that's not even... That, I mean, those, the, those are musicians, aside from Joni Mitchell, everybody else is a musician that I have a fondness for right. but I don't have a personal connection to um I still am and and there's and so much of the the storytelling is like oh god what a drag like what a bummer women really had it shitty back then and still right. some part of me is like but if I just could have been <laughs> yeah. there when they were writing Woodstock or whatever um yeah, you could have hung out I know with it the wasn't today I understand that Jody Mitchell wrote Woodstock don't worry I was oh, in her I was don't in her house started. too I just saw that documentary oh it's great you what what I I wasn't joking when I said that I'd spent the night in the Great Gardens house. That's true. Oh, in the Great Gardens house. I but 100% I, I believe also you, and I didn't want did to get a, into it because I would talk a forever. Thing. Yeah, we'll talk about that another time. But I also did a, a little thing, a little performance thing in Joni Mitchell's old house. And oh, God, I'm the, so envious. The two, the two women who, it was, they were rehearsing a showcase for the Montreal Comedy Festival. And part of their comedy showcase... Mm-hmm was they interview a random person each night. So I was asked if I would mm-hmm. be the random person. Like, would I come and be their okay. guest or whatever? Yeah. And and they and they were super funny and it was a great time. Wait, how long ago was this? Like, what year was this? It's five or six years ago, I want to say. Okay. Maybe 2013, actually. Something like oh, that. Oh, wow. All right. Back when I was still asked to do things, aside from podcasts. Uh-huh. Wait, don't, don't put that in. <laughs> Anyway, the the one of this comedy duo, and I don't know if she wants this to be known, so I'm not going to, but she she was renting the house that had been Joni Mitchell's house. Right. And I was saying to her friend who invited me to do this, her, their producer, like, that's wild. How did that happen? And he yeah. said, well, she um, she lived next door for a long time and knew that this was this house and loved it. And after a while, yeah. she just decided... It's empty. I wonder if she would ever rent it to me. And yeah. she found Joni Mitchell's rep and uh-huh. said, "Would you, would would you ever would she ever consider renting the house?" And he yeah. said, "No, absolutely not. You know, this is a very special place in her life." Oh wait, so it had been empty cuz I was just reading an article about the woman who like I from an article uh, where a woman had gotten to visit it because she was connected with the woman who was renting it. So I guess we're talking about whoever this woman is is the woman who was renting it right. inside of the article that I was reading as well. And I am yes. going to say that I am not protecting this person's anonymity. I right. am just elderly and I'm completely blanking on her great. name and I great, just great, feel great. terrible about it. I, I don't remember the name either. So, so but anyway, point if you're, being, if you're that listening, is very amazing. This is, it's pretty great that I, I mean, before I got on Zoom with you, right. I was reading this article oh. because I've been listening to this we book. We have superpowers. We have superpowers. We psychically also, by connect, the way, we share a psychic rapport yeah, as Jean Grey and Scott Summers is, did before the Shire Empire ha- this demanded has happened. This is 
proven now. This is considered, I think, scientific proof. We did it, finally. Oh, my God. But here's the so thing. been in the house. And, and, and this is also about superpowers. So she, she, this person who I admire very much, whose name I can't for the life of me remember, mm-hmm. according mm-hmm. to her friend, yes. called Jenny Mitchell's rep, said, would you rent the house to me? He said, there's no way it'll ever happen. This is where, you know, this is just such an important place in her life. Right. And, uh, and she said, well, if it comes up, you know, just let her know that I'm interested. And he goes, yeah. I wouldn't get your hopes up. And then right. a week or two later or whenever he calls back. And he goes, yeah, it's me. I did mention this to Joni, and and I was right. She doesn't want to rent it. And the woman was like, okay. He said, but only she would only rent it under one condition. Okay. And she said, what's that? He said, well, she said she would really only rent it if the person who was renting it uh, was magical. And there's this long silence, and the rep goes, so I guess I'm asking them, are you magical? Oh my God. And she said, uh huh. Yes, yes, I am magical. And she was in that moment. I couldn't love this more. And yeah, she rented that's it. fucking great. Yeah, totally. I can't begrudge her that for a moment. I'm, a, I'm very happy that all of that went down the way it did. And I wouldn't want anyone else living in Joni's old house. Right. Than the person who, A, already loved it, reached out about it, and was willing to acknowledge her magicalness. Yeah. That is very pleasing. Well, and also, yeah. And also, I love the fact that it's probably because the rep, the agent, or the lawyer, whoever it was, just misunderstood what was happening. Like, Joni Mitchell <laughs> probably said, oh, I'd never rent that house. I mean, I might rent it, you know, if the person were magical. Like, just like if it was... <laughs> and, the, and the lawyer was like, all right, I'm getting right on it. <laughs> just her, Totally, literally. He's googling Wiccan collection. You know, yeah, like she probably in was like Los Angeles. She probably was saying like, "There's." I mean, I can't say I would uh, never rent it if it was a really special yeah. person. It's like, got right. it. I'm on it. Are you a really special uh-huh. person? <laughs> I don't know. Define your terms. Oh, well, I don't know. Are you John Hodgman, an only child? Yes, yes, I am. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's that's a great story. God damn, that's great. Um, source family. We can't talk about it. There's no time. Yeah, right. We'll do our. But we'll do that on our about podcast it. about documentaries. We'll do Grey Gardens and Source Family. Hundred percent. Couldn't be more on board. Uh, okay. Next category. This is crush time. Alternate universe. Romantic partners. I don't care if it's an encounter or a longtime uh, partner, depending on who you pick. Uh, but in Sigourney a Weaver and Alien. Fictitious. It'd be people. Okay. And two more. Um. Do you kind of wish, and I, by the way, this, I promise you, it's the first time I've ever thought this. Do you kind of wish that Al Yankovic had written a spoof for you that went, Ellen Ripley? No, I don't wish that. I don't wish that. Affectionate. What I wish, what I wish is. song. I mean, would he would just write the song for me? Hey, John, I thought of this song, and I'm sending it to you. <laughs> John, I was listening to Janet's podcast. See, this is a circular thing. This is like a weird time hole superpower thing where I'm asking you if you wish this had happened, but only when Al listens to this podcast will he hear it and then write the song. I know. This is why we need oh, time travel. <laughs> 
Psychic rapport is not enough. We also need time travel. Put that on the list. What I like to think about, and Al, Weird Al Yankovic, if you're listening, you can either confirm or deny this, or you don't have to say a thing. That's an option that I've learned lately. We've discussed. Yeah, we've discussed. See, because my feeling is that Weird Al Yankovic certainly has thought of this idea. You know what I mean? And and wants you to You think do- that he has thought about what I said? Doing an Ellen Ripley, Eleanor Rigby thing? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that he's thought of that. Oh my God. I really thought that I like, was like, this is so random and stupid. But by the way, I did just recently watch the uh, documentary about the making of Alien. What a what a joy. Uh, yeah, That's a I, great documentary. I liked that movie, too. I watched that on an airplane a long time ago okay. on an airplane. So happened. he's already gotten I apologize. there because Look, my thing that Janet I just Varney, came... But this, you're right. My, you're right. My supposition undermines your brilliance. You did come up with the joke. <laughs> and I don't mean I apologize. I mean... It's not that great. It's not that great. No, but I mean, I just feel like... It's let's just put it this way. It's statistically possible that it's Weird statistically Al, possible. It's statistically likely that he would have thought of it and dismissed it immediately. Because that's for being what he does stupid. every day. Yes. Do you know what I mean? And it's yes. not stupid. But also Janet many Barney. other people could have thought of it before. No, it's not stupid. It's not a stupid joke. It's a great joke. It's a beautiful joke to do Eleanor. Well, it's beautiful because I say Ellen Ripley is Ellen Ripley. Yeah, but that's the problem right there. It doesn't doesn't know s- syllabically it doesn't track ellen this? ripley I know. parody songs this? are all about syllables it can't be you can't elide to that second that f- yeah but his in, but he because he knows it's kind of a silly idea now here's where it works oh. <laughs> ellen ripley oh he's, he's laughing into laugh. it he builds a laugh syllable no I, he builds a laugh syllable or two no there's nothing look <laughs> Weird Al Yankovic is one of the hard, He's a one of the hardest workers in show business. This is not a joke. I agree. You know this. To I be confirm. True. I confirm. I confirm. One of the hardest workers. Yes. And brilliant. If if he thought of Ellen Ripley, Ellen Ripley, Eleanor Rigby, you know that he's tortured because he's like, this is funny. I could I could make every other part of it work, but because Ellen does not syllabically track with Eleanor, I can never do it. Never. Because it just wouldn't be. I made an oath. I saw him perform one time. I swore an oath cha- not to do those songs. I did a charity event with him. And they asked him if he would perform. We were playing like celebrity match game to raise money for a children's hospital in Kansas City. And they, you know, he was like, I would love to. I mean, I'll do anything. But, you know, I when I perform, it's like costume changes and I have my band. Yeah. Like he's a very big professional yes. show. yes. But ultimately, he's a really nice person. And he's like, you know what? I can I can do one song. Or I do, a, I think he did a medley of certain songs. Yeah. And I got to watch this from the stage. And it was, this guy worked so hard. Yeah. And he crowd surfed. And these were not wow. Weird Al Yankovic fans per se. These were... <laughs> Uh, particularly down in the in the front rows, you know the the, uh-huh. the expensive Where the mosh seats. Pit is. Yeah, the, <laughs> the expensive seats at the charity fundraiser for the children's hospital. Those, <laughs> those are those are old, the you know middle aged Missourians <laughs> with a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And he jumped into them. He was so oh, fearless. Wow. And I was you know I was videoing it with my phone, of course, because that's how one lives life. 
Uh-huh. And I got to find, I show this to you at some point. Oh, God. Because when he, when it's over and the audience is on their goddamn feet. Yeah. You know, no one knew, no one knows what Weird Al Yankovic can do until you see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even yeah. if you love his music, you, yeah. it's like, it's incredible. And if you don't necessarily love his music or you think of him as a punchline, you see him in person and you're just like, it's automatic standing ovation. It's incredible. Yeah. And as he walked back, he had he had transformed into another human being. Yeah. Like he had a look of like a warrior. A, uh-huh. like a, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, I mean, that's too harsh because that's, he just looked like he had gone to a different place and he came back yeah. and the look on his face yeah. was so intense. Yeah. And he was so exhausted and he was yeah. like, possess- it was like he was had been possessed by another creature. Like another artist had jumped into his body yeah, when they exactly. were switching astral fashion. Right, he yes. had astral planed out of there yeah. and someone came yeah. in. Iggy Pop. Iggy Pop. It was. <laughs> and that's too roomy of a body. I mean, Al's not a big guy, but Iggy's, I mean, what a tiny. Right, so that's answer two. So, I'm sorry, I apologize. Yeah. Great. That's answer two. Weird Al Yankovic. Total crush. Great. Couldn't support it more. What a joy. Was there more oh, to man. the question? I mean, when I start thinking about Sigourney Weaver, it's just, it's hard to stop. I understand. Um, Number three? Sigourney Weaver, Sigourney Weaver and Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. There you go. It's a strong choice. Forget it. Why not increase your chances? What Sigourney Weaver in whatever movie she made yesterday. What was the last movie yes. she was in? Don't need to go. She's to the same in something period. right now called the something. It's like uh seems like it's maybe about an author, a something effect, or let's find out something. She, Watch, oh, it'll she was be in like Dave. The, I know. God, I love Dave. I, I think that's one. That, I mean, I guess I could go back and find out. I don't love it anymore. Well, you go like back and and find out that there's some stuff I in know. it that probably isn't very good. I know. I know. Hang on. Hang on. List. I'm of, telling you, it's like the Salinger effect or some yeah, sort no, of. My Salinger year. Da-da! Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll just say Sigourney Weaver in um, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Sigourney... But wait. Oh, that's a spoiler. Oh, Sorry. you're just you're just adding more and more. Yeah, Sigourney oh, yeah, Weaver at any time, anywhere, in any movie. Okay. So, the, so I have Sigourney Weaver and Alien, Weird Al, but then also just Sigourney Weaver. Great. No, I, I was trying to be specific to give you something to... Right. Hang on to. But wait, but but then Sigourney you just Weaver in Alien, Weird Al Yankovic yes. in any circumstance, yes. Sigourney Weaver yes. in any movie made at any time. In any movie. Thank you. The specificity is helpful. Thank you. Okay, next one. Uh three places in the world that we you would love to have a little vacation getaway if we could just sort of teleport you there. Um Oh, where travel is not mm-hmm. an issue. Yeah, you don't have to build that into your consideration. Uh, well, uh, I, I, I would, you know, a little, a little vacation home. Does it have a septic system? Like, what am I responsible? Oh, of course for? it does. What am I? But what am one I? One of the best. <laughs> like, someone takes care of all of that. So okay, so I'm not on the well, hook for taking care. You're not on the hook yeah, for any of that because I, yeah. Um, so this would be a place that I would want to go to reg- with some regularity. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Listen, if you want to leave it empty most of the time. No, no. But I mean, it's not like if we could teleport you anywhere for for a two-week 
vacation. Yeah, no, I would say this I would is pick a place that you would pick think, a place you, that you I've imagine never been you would feel before. comfortable enough that yeah, like, you you would pick, this would be a place I'm, that you would feel comfortable. I'm very very embarrassed and sad that I've reached I, I'm 49 years old and I've reached the stage of my life and I've never been to Asia nor have I ever been to Africa. Yeah. But I've been to Columbus, Ohio at least three times. <laughs> Interesting. And it may be four. There might be a time that I'm forgetting. Yeah. And, uh, well, listen, nothing let's against do a Columbus, well, Ohio. We're going to do a, a category no, but if it, but if it's a, of if it's three a, teleportation life, like a journey that you've not yet met. So that'll be the next category. Okay. Next category will be we'll get Venice, you to three places Venice, you've not Italy. yet seen. Venice, Italy. I went there for the first time a couple of years ago, and I, I thought it was tremendous. Little getaway. Wonderful. It's very, uh, in a very weird way, it's very main hmm. in the sense that the people who live in Venice, Italy can only live there they, mm-hmm. and not live anywhere else. Like it's, mm. it's such a, and it's, it's that, it's that, and I'm talking about coastal Maine in particular. And this is true about Florida too, like coastal Florida, like mm. people who have chosen to live at the end of the earth mm-hmm. are a certain kind of person. Yeah. And, and I find like, I don't know. I do, there are, there aren't a lot of natives to meet in Venice, but Venice just like the people that I met incredible. Yeah. It was great. I love that place. It knocked my socks off it's right. as well. Yeah can't be having socks in Venice. All right, there. Um, um, I get three, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be weird here and say Florida. All right. Because, and I guess, I guess I'm probably thinking like Sarasota. Okay. I just, I went, I, like most people in the Northeast, I had a lot. And everyone in the media, I have had a lot of sort of cliched feelings about what a terrible place Florida is. Mm-hmm. And you know, Florida man, and you know, sure, the cliche about the Florida man wandering through a Walmart with three guns uh-huh. and a loincloth made of beef jerky or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but I I went on a road trip through Florida with our friend David Reese for a project and drove all over the state and i was like i get it this is a weird pl- this is a truly mm-hmm. weird place but not just not just not a, just in a bad not way. just in a bad way like yeah. it's people who can't live anywhere else they have to live they have to live in a in a place that is you know going to disappear due to climate change <laughs> <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's the through line between venice and florida uh, so far so good so i guess i'm also uh. gonna say <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't know where else. Probably somewhere in Canada. Canada has been very good to me. Sure. Montreal. Like Montreal. Love Canada so much. I love Canada so much too. And yet, I've still never been to Prince Edward Island. Such a formative place in fiction for so many of us. I have been to Prince Edward Island, and it's really worth it. I mean, it's just little, right? If you want to, but I gotta go. Yeah, no, it's it's very it's. A, I was thinking Prince Edward Island before I said Montreal, just to keep the 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 theme consistent. Right. Coastal communities that will disappear. But I figure uh, Montreal is the one for me. I know. All right. I think it's a great choice. Thanks. 
Okay, next category, we teased it. Three places, you, yeah, three life adventures you've not yet had that we are going to make possible. Uh, I really, I really want to go to Japan. I really would like to go to Vietnam. I mean, all of Southeast Asia is basically, I mean, I'm picking these countries that have, are only countries because they were destroyed by imperialism. Hmm. But the, you know, the Southeast Asia re- region. Yeah. I guess Japan, I mean, well, you know what I mean. Uh, and then, you know, I'd just like to see as much as of Africa as I can. Yeah. But if I had to pick a place to start, I think because of our friend Jean Grey, I'm curious about Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of a, a, a singular weird place, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't go to Cape Town and feel that I had seen. I mean, just like Africa. Seen Africa. Africa yeah. is such a yeah. massively large place with so many different yes. ways of life and terrain and things in it. So, I just, I just would like to see as much of Africa and as much of Asia as possible. Okay. So give me those continents, and then I guess, uh, I guess Antarctica. Let's just throw that one in. Three continents. I'll do, and in each continent, I get five nights to see them all, see everything I can. (laughs) Great. It's terrible. That's, that's, that's a, that's a tall order. No, it's like accomplishable, I think. Uh (laughs) Great. Okay. Uh, Next category is, um, let's bring in, you know, listen, I don't know if you're assigning it just to yourself or other people or if it's a thing that's widely known and used but three extraordinary sort of paranormal things that to heretofore we don't know if they if they're real um, but that you are making real in some way so whether it's just you and me being able to astral project and no one else or it's everyone can time travel or everything in between three sort of paranormal things that you bring into reality for better or for worse for all of humanity that's what I'm saying it doesn't have to be it could just be that, you know, three people know about this thing. Well, wait a minute. I mean, that is very everyone. Everyone very has this power. No, no. I'm saying like three paranormal things. Like you could say, you one of your choices could be. I just want there to be one ghost, one oh, okay. real, true ghost. That lives in blah, 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 and it, you have to get that specific. Or another, but then the, your very next answer could be, hey, guess what? We can all time travel. And everyone knows about it, and we all do I it. see. And then the third I one see. could be, just my family is able to teleport to Maine <laughs> without da-da-da. Like, it could be as stingy <laughs> or as dangerously global as you would like. I, I would... Okay, the the superpower that I fantasize about now more than making leaves move, actually, you might find this surprising. <laughs> Even more than that? Yeah. Is the ability to manipulate time, which I guess is super speed, you know? But I mean, right. to slow down, to be able to operate, to slow down time to a anywhere between, <laughs> like a podcast, half speed. <laughs> <laughs> to to full stop. 
Unfortunately, he can only see life through the lens of podcasting. Everything has to relate to podcasting. And that's mostly so I can get some more rest. You know what I mean? So I can get some more. I mean, I think that there is some good that could happen if I Mm -hmm. if I could manipulate time Mm -hmm. and everything. I think I could achieve some good ends, but mostly just to have some more time to just stare into space. Great. Um, (laughs) One here's a here's a handy uh, handy hint that I learned from our daughter is if you are looking for the best comedy podcast. And I say this with great respect to the the people who make Pod Save America. Mm-hmm. Play it at half speed. <laughs> those guys sound so drunk. <laughs> it is the funniest thing to yeah. hear them talk about, you know, Trump or Congress or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's, it suddenly goes from the the sort of smart, insightful, and makes you feel right. virtuous to listen to it, sort of psychological pain processing program, uh-huh. one of them, to just, and I say this again, to all respect to, to the guys at Pod Save America, just yeah. the three biggest assholes at a bar. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, You're not blo- the boss of me. Nancy Pelosi. I mean, that I feel like you can probably get at any bar. <laughs> but, you know, marginal tax rates. Like, right. They sound like such drunk blowhards <gasps> when they're at half speed. That's it's so, so funny. So funny. All right. Um, so that would be a superpower, but I, that's just for me. I'm sorry to be selfish. I'm an only child. I accept it. You know it what I mean? I like I do. I'm the only one that I that I trust with that awesome Ah, responsibility that's right so as a compensation for everybody um everyone gets to fly (laughs) i wish that you had said something like so for in compensation for everybody everybody gets tails (laughs) like wait why do you think that's no that doesn't seem to be that much of a okay everyone gets to everyone gets to fly okay great everyone gets to fly it's what everyone wants great let them have it let them have Let it. Let them have it already. And imagine, you know, all of the, all of the non-falls that will happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. My quality of life will be a lot better for everybody if they're not slipping yeah. and falling into the Grand Canyon or whatever. Fly. <laughs> and what's the harm? There's sl- no harm. One of, the, one of the world's most ironically slippery surfaces the area Everyone. just on the edge of the Grand Canyon <laughs> what, 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 what? <laughs> what would be the downside Secu- security of private property who cares yeah come on bunch of people ramming into each other the sky littered with bodies we already have that on earth <laughs> that's right <laughs> if anything it would just give us all more room yes great and then the third thing, I want there to be one ghost. It's a, <laughs> it's a funny one. That's a funny one. That's a funny one. Uh-huh. I mean, I'll say this. If we are if we are saying that ghosts are the spirit of once living people, then I wouldn't mind a ghost. I mean, 
that would have profound implications. Yeah. And as a person of, oh, oh me of little faith. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't mind believing, having evidence right? that there is an app, something yeah. beyond life, yeah. mortal life, whatever yeah. that is. And I, but the thing is, like, I think that what's really true is that ghosts aren't the the spirits of once living people. They're just time travelers from the future who are observing. Clearly. And they didn't get the wardrobe right. Like, they didn't know what time. <laughs> like Clearly uh, true. Like, I'm going to go back to ancient USA. <laughs> and I will wear <laughs> this creepy... A Victorian nightgown. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, it's 2021. Why are you wearing that Victorian nightgown? Oh, this is not I'm going correct. to push... Of course, I'll be pushing a pram as everyone in 1970s Brooklyn did. Right, well, that's a good point. <laughs> that one went two ways. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll steal another one from you. You can't give me these prompts because it's just the only thing I can think about is dinosaurs and one ghost. 30 dinosaurs and one ghost. That's our new great. podcast. Great. That's just called friendship right. and enjoyment oh, of one another. I didn't realize that. It, all doesn't of my, mean, it doesn't mean that you can't have an original thought. All of my friendships are moderated by podcast interaction. Exactly. Okay. N- now you listen to look, me. Look. Look. <laughs> look. Here's a fucked up part. <laughs> the American Rescue Act <laughs> is not... Perfect, <laughs> but you can't let. Sir, we're closing up. You Sir, can't we're, let perfect we're, I, be the enemy. Last of call good. was hours ago. Sir, we have. It's got a shot across the bow to God. the Supreme Court. I don't know. This commission to evaluate the Supreme Court is it's not perfect, but it's an indication and even a no, warning to Mitch McConnell. I mean, the two, there's two stools stacked up next to him. <laughs> One ghost. Great. Uh, okay. I have two categories. I feel that I could be on with you all day. I don't know that you have that same sense or feeling about time, even though you can potentially manipulate time. I wish I could slow uh, down time. So you could go as fast or as slow through these as you want. But this next one, let's do three uh, foods that you can have uh, with zero ramifications. So whether it's for ecological reasons, caloric or sugary reasons, allergy reasons, in this other world we're creating, everything is equal. So you can eat six packs of Oreos with no problem. You can eat, you know, Wagyu beef, whatever you want. Or it can be also like this one thing you had this one time that you've never really been able to find again because it was so delicious. Three, three foods immediately available no ramifications mm-hmm. on demand snap of your fingers not just once as much as you want yeah whenever um solids liquids and foams <laughs> no you can't have fucking foams sorry colo- no foams colloids then <laughs> mayonnaise is a colloid <laughs> i can't i can't live without mayonnaise sorry <laughs> so i gotta add yeah we're not saying you can't ever have anything but these foods. No, I'm just saying, like, yeah, all food is the ones that I'd want to eat. Uh-huh. With the, I love food a lot. I, I need it to live, even. Uh, oh, for God's sake. But, I mean, I guess I would say, okay, 
if we're really talking about food without ramifications. Yes. <laughs> don't, why don't you trust me on this one? Well, because I'm thinking like there are ramifications. <laughs> Is this a trick? I would like to be able to, I'm an omnivore, but consumption of meat is problematic for all sorts of ethical and ecological reasons. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whether we're talking about the cloning of meat, which is mm-hmm. a thing on the horizon, or something like I would like to, I would like to be able to be a carnivore and minimize the global ramifications yeah. of that, even if... Even if ethically I'm in the wrong place. Meat eating. Well, who knows? Like, listen, this is pure magic. So it could be that you you yourself may think that you're eating meat because it tastes as wonderful and as great as it as as if it were. But it's just not. And it's a totally other healthy, safe thing. So right. it's the, the point is the experience you're having matches the one that you want to be having, except nothing is no, there's nothing ethically wrong with it. So right. But in, in, you don't in this have to case, worry my... yourself of how it's happened. Right. But I mean, I would I my preference would be that the ramification be global, not just to me. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. 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 Right. Yes. Then bread, because I like bread a lot. Can't can't eat it. Can't eat it. Um, Just too good. It's just. uh, Yeah, I I want my clothes to fit. That's what I'm saying. I know. I I. Yes, I, want, I do know. I want clothes to fit. I don't like. I don't like. One time, one time, when I was in college, this kid who lived in Jonathan Colton's roommate group, Aaron. Boy, that guy was so interesting. One time, you know, Aaron, Aaron, and Jonathan would come home and use the bathroom, and Aaron would call from down the hall. Oh, Jonathan. And and Jonathan would be in the midst of peeing, uh-huh. and he would say, "Yep." And Aaron was like, "I recognized you from the sound of your urine." Oh, yeah. It was just this one, like, and then sometimes he would get it wrong. Like, Jonathan would be in the other room, and Aaron would go, "Oh, Dave." <laughs> Jonathan would be like, "No, it's Jonathan," and Aaron would go, "Oh, sorry, I'm trying to test yeah, test my ability you at ESP." gotta flex those muscles yeah, trying to de- you gotta yeah. flex don't be afraid to fail that's right you're not gonna get really good he at was it trying, unless... he was trying to be magical he was trying to uh-huh. be magical oh. oh i love him but already. then one time Aaron. one time i i was having breakfast with him i'm like how are you doing today Aaron? and he said oh i'm really good john you know i woke up this morning you know that feeling when you when you get dressed and your clothes don't feel tight at all oh yeah <laughs> and at the time i was like i really don't but i was lying <laughs> of course i did <laughs> And that's a great feeling. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, food, food, any, like, is there a specific food memory? Oh, boy. I'd... What I what liked did I about say? what was so, happening. Oh. Cur- you said, uh, essentially, uh, the general moral neutral state of being carnivorous right. which is is safe and fine for everyone right uh and then bread <laughs> yeah and then... so so far uh, peasant choices <laughs> meat bread and wine no i don't like wine i don't drink wine <laughs> i like 
when you said it, you said it almost as if you were a uh, quote unquote psychic for yourself. You're like, hmm, foods. Is there a food? I'm getting a what's the J? There's a J. Like it, it felt like a sort of rambling. Sort of, if I could just hmm, is there? Have you have you eaten pork recently? <laughs> Uh, who's Alma? Who's Alma? Who's Alma? Alma says, "Don't eat brownies." Does that mean? Oh, here's something. I don't like fruit <laughs> at all, and mostly it's because uh, it's too. It's usually too acidic and tart for me. It kind of puts mm-hmm, me off. Mm-hmm. But mainly, it's because like a really good piece of fruit can be amazing, but yeah. it's just such a roll of the dice. And I'm talking sure. about five or eight 20 sided dice yeah where yeah, there's yeah. one outcome All, where the, so many can go wrong where the yeah. fruit is actually good yeah and if i could if i could have this for me and the world yeah that all fruit is at peak excellence yeah. all the time peak fruit peak fruit and i'm including tomatoes and avocados in there wise very wise then i could probably give up meat great that's a great answer, and I enjoy yeah, that. Especially you're if I get the, the bread, world. I very much enjoy that you gave me the world. Yeah, uh, and then three. The final final category is three people, living or dead, with whom you would like to collaborate. Now, understand that that could be Sigourney because, Weaver. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Great. Yeah. Great. With whom I would like to collaborate. Oof. Dinosaurs and one ghost. There we go. <laughs> Great. <laughs> okay. Uh, what, describe to me what if you could if you had to pin down your mood sort of within the first hour that you kind of woke up or awake. Um, what would that mood be this morning? This morning. Mm-hmm. Uh what my mood was like mm-hmm. good you know i was gonna be talking Great. to my you know, i was gonna be talking to my friend <laughs> it's a weekend it's a it's sunday i feel good because i don't have any homework because i'm almost 50 years old yeah yeah i yep. don't have to be like uh, i do gotta do like our son has homework to do today before 5 p.m yeah um, i remember that, that feeling no good. so well I mean, I kind of still feel it sometimes if I do have Paul, like a big mon- Monday yeah. coming up. But Paul F. Tompkins, I think it was in Laboring Under Delusions, where he says that things like, some days I wake up and I remember I don't have to go to school and it's the best feeling in the world. Yeah. As an yeah. adult, like, you don't have yep. to go to school anymore. Yeah. So Very sun- relatable. Sundays don't, Sundays don't have that sort of real kind of downer component to me. Yeah. That they would have that they would have if I were in school or working a real job. Right. Right, where I had to go to work the next day. Astral projectionist. Exactly. Okay. I have your results. Oh. I am very pleased with the outcome. I better be an A. You I'm comfortable have... with an A minus, but B plus is just where the oof knife to my only child. Grade well, heart. I feel like first of all, it's not a test. Second of all, yeah. the fact well, that you said it point? better be an A, but you, but you got apartment from the mash 
sort of setup, which is how the game oh, starts. Right, okay. Mansion, apartment, shack, or house. You have an apartment. So you did get an A. Yay. Wink, wink. And your apartment is in Venice, Italy, oh. which that's what it would be, right? right. You're not going to, I mean, you don't want to shack. And it's not really, like everything is sort of connected in a, in a beautiful cluster of, of humanity in, in Venice. So you have an apartment yeah. in Venice that you can go to whenever you want. Yes. Um, you have, <laughs> you don't even know where to start beyond those two things. Okay. Uh, you also uh, will be taking a fantastic yet limited to five nights apparently trip oh, no. to, <laughs> to all through Southeast Asia. Oh, wonderful. Which is going to be, dare I say, magical in the I hope, vein of I living hope in Johnny so. Mitchell's house. I hope so. Uh, Sorry that I only you, said it would be five nights. But I, uh-huh. wait a minute, I'll, I'll wait, keep going. Oh, don't, don't get too excited because the paranormal reality that you have brought into existence is a one ghost. But while you can't manipulate time to spend more time in Southeast Asia, there is something that happens to us after we die that results in, like, people still existing on some level because you've got the ghost to prove it. I didn't play this game correctly. (laughs) I'm worried that you're grading yourself lower than an A and it's very troubling. Uh... Speaking of magical places, you can also jump into uh, the magical, broken, yet beautiful and charming world of Grey Gardens. I've already been there. <laughs> oh, in the Not oh, in, in but in the time, right? And in that the was in the se- that was in the seventies. Well, guess what? I could be you in the also, movie. You can also visit Boston in the seventies as an adult for all the smells. Okay. So, so it's kind of the same thing. Oh boy, you are! Don't, don't you dare shit on your mash results. This is good stuff. Kind of the same. I mean, I got like if I were if I went into Grey Gardens, I would be like Dave, Albert, Big Edie, Little Edie, Jerry. Yeah. Great to see you all. Great to smell you all. Great to smell you all. I am going to take a little road trip <laughs> up to Boston. See what that's like in the seventies. Come back. Yeah. All right. Fine. I'll take it. <laughs> teleport into Great Gardens. Teleport snob. into the seventies in Boston. Fine. Uh, what a snob made, about your own choices. I made my own bed. You've, al- you've already. I didn't already understand the. St- I didn't yourself. understand the stakes. I'll be honest with you. I didn't understand the stakes, but that's fine. You've already outgrown yourself, and this was minutes ago. You. What else? I want you to know that you have changed the landscape of meat eating, not just for yourself, but for the world. Oh, good. That's a tremendous gift. Chew and gnaw away, fr- I will say. Fruit still tastes like garbage. Unfortunately, fruit is a real one in twenty-eight. One in twenty-eight. I was really, out there. I was really excited about fruit tasting good for everybody. <laughs> for God's sake! It's okay. You know what? You're gonna rue. You can take your own time to rue your decisions. I celebrate these. Trust me, I will. I ce- and, <laughs> and believe me, when I take that time to rue my decisions, <laughs> the rest of time does come to a halt. <laughs> I'll never forget, except that I have forgotten. I've forgotten what he picked, but Chuck, our your friend of mine, Chuck Bryant, when he did it, he he really did email me like a couple of hours later and just he was like, I can't fucking believe 
I chose the Eagles or whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. There was just one decision <laughs> that and that he ended up with that I'm was sure just still haunts him. I'm sure very, still haunts very him. upsetting. That's his one ghost. But guess what? You got a real one. Okay. Now, that just leaves us with, and I'm sure there's going to be some way that you'll be dissatisfied with this, but not only do you get to collaborate on something artistic with Sigourney Weaver, sure. but you also have in your romantic quadrant, <laughs> there's more than four my, quadrants my here, so that doesn't really work. You've got alien era Helen Ripley. Ellen Ripley. Weird Al would never do it. pronounce each L. Ellen Ripley. Yeah. Weird. I can just see Weird Al just like going, crumpling up the piece of paper going, no, I'm not going to do it. Yes, it would sell. Yes, people would love it. Everyone would forgive me, but I would know. I messed it up. That's right. That's right. Well, I'm sorry no. that those are the results of your mash. I am happy. But I'm very excited for you. I am happy with good. those outcomes. I do not good. let perfect be the enemy of the good. Good. Except in every aspect of my own life. <laughs> but when it comes... <laughs> doesn't mean I doesn't mean I don't accept the good and continue to seek perfection. I'm just mad about it. Right. I'm just mad about right. it. Right, right. But in this case, I'm this, happy with the outcome. It's perfect. It's perfect. I'm so glad yeah. that you're lying to me right now because no. your dissatisfaction with your own choices in our MASH game will haunt me if you don't pretend to be satisfied because I also don't... I feel somehow that I've let my friend John Hodgman down by him getting the things that he got uh, by virtue of his own choices. I'm afraid you are going to be haunted forever by one ghost. <laughs> me on the astral plane I'm never letting you take this body fuck, fuck. I'm never letting no, you just, into this body it's fine I'll just be whispering <sighs> whispering from the corner give me fruit <laughs> I could be your fruit tester if, if, you give, if you give good fruit to everyone in the world then I can find rest <laughs> I'll be a vengeful ghost. Well, more needy, more needy. Gently, yeah, gently yeah. chidey a vengeful ghost. A special pleading ghost. Uh-huh. Come on, give me fruit. <laughs> Come on, do this thing you have no control over and I'll stop haunting you. Come on, Janet, change it, change it. That's rough. That is rough. My friend, well, it's been oh, such a joy. Thank you. It's really great to spend time with you as always. I'm sorry I talked so much. Didn't have to say a thing. I didn't have to say a thing. This is me. I'm. This is me. I'm not going to make you feel better. Is that my? That's my job now. I'm supposed to be a tougher person, no, like to. a person no, no, with no, no, a no, tough no, no. yet perfect fruit rind. I don't. Under which lies no. the perfect juicy. One does not. Fruit. One does not apologize seeking forgiveness. One apologizes to as a as a uh, uh, to be a good person there you go who said that Kant yeah <laughs> well, another one I'd like to collaborate with boy he'd be fun <laughs> what if as a joke I said Kant and you made it real <laughs> well Janet uh, thank you 
Thank you, John Hodgman. Thank you, thank you for uh, being a part of this summer podcast. It used to be that I would ask uh, my gentleman guests to sing a snippet of Don Henley's Boys of Summer, but as time meow, has meow, gone meow, on... Meow, 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 No, that's... That's it. Wayfarers on... Even though the meows of summer are meowing... Yeah, I knew I knew the last word, but I decided to throw meow in anyway. I think I think that's the right it's way to do it. My homage to John right Goodman to and True it. Stories. Uh huh. Look it up. Oh, True Stories, yeah, right. so good. I'm not going to jump into that. <sighs> I know. All right. Well, we've got six podcasts to generate uh, for ourselves. All right. Six new podcasts we'll we've created that we got to get to work on. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, thank you for supporting Maximum Fun, and I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Bye. The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Hey, you're number one. We could save kittens from trees. Or lunch on skyscrapers. Bring the villains to their knees. Maybe we should. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported.